Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's Zurich Classic presented by, that's right, our friends over at Jock Market. Talk about them more in just one second. But here it is. Team event. How about it? Something a little bit different. I don't know if people are excited about this. I am. I don't see a lot of comments in the chat, so maybe there's not a lot of excitement. John J. Douglas, very excited. Team events. He loves them. Walk-up music. Everything New Orleans. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. This is what always, a lot of this stuff always happens where nobody's ever excited on Monday and Tuesday. And they're like, oh, this is a silly event. And then by the time Saturday and Sunday come around, they're loving it. It happens all the time. It always happens. So uh, I just get out ahead of it and I'm excited from the start. So this next uh, maybe an hour, we'll see how many comments there and questions there are. Maybe an hour uh, is your time. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you want to talk about. I've got the tools at rickrungood.com available so I can show you you know, anything you want. We can roll through this. It, it's, it's your time. Uh, let's jump into it. Phil Smart says, let's talk long shots. Uline and Warinsky at 160 to one. Glover and Revy, 125 deep dives, please. All right. So I do worry a little bit about long shots actually winning. Uh, I will tell you, I've got pretty significant exposure to Uline and Warinsky uh, just because I like the way they played together last year. In fact, they were pretty splendid on the alternate shot version of this event. Now they get the comfort level of playing together again. Warinsky has not been as good. Uh, Peter Uline's been better. If you want to count in the Corn Fairy Tour stuff, which I do, right? Confidence breeds confidence. Doesn't matter where you're playing. If you are finishing near the top of the leaderboard, uh, that's always a good thing. So runner-up finish for Uline two starts ago on the Corn Fairy. He's made three straight PGA tour cuts. So if you include both of his corn fairy and his PGA tour stuff, five straight cuts made in a row. Two of them were top 20 finishes. I, I'm okay with this. They played very well together last year. Um, can they actually win it? I'm not quite sure about that. Glover and Revy, on the other hand, let's go see what Glover and Revy are up to. They're definitely going to play out of the fairway. Aren't they? I mean, Glover's been consistently, um, one of the better ball strikers for the last however many years. You're not necessarily seeing that as much as of late, but he's driving it very well. Gained multiple strokes off the tee at Valero, at the Masters, at the RBC Heritage. Uh, let's check Revy real quick. I wonder if this course is a hair long. Jez Revy. He's not going to get you in too much. Oh, boy, that's pretty ugly. See, Heritage probably should, should have been a good spot for him. Missed the cut, lost across the board in a horrendous fashion. Withdrew from the Valero. I mean, he's losing across the board. This is a very, very ugly version of Ches Revy. It would be hard to back that team. So uh, certainly much prefer the Uline Warinsky team. Let me just check one thing real quick. I've got the last, let's do last 24 rounds here. Uh, yeah, Glover and Revy are like the eighth worst team in this field in terms of the last 24 rounds. Revy does a lot of that himself, but that's the, the truth. Thoughts on playing Clark and Tringale as a DFS play. Um, so let's find where these guys are at. Clark, Wyndham. See, so I don't know if I have them by, uh, which golfer comes first. So it's not Wyndham. So let's try. C, Cameron Tregali. There they are. Um, so here we go. These are uh, the pair right here over the last 24 rounds, Zach. So here's what we've got. They're losing. 
uh, almost across the board. Approach plays, okay. They hit the ball far, which is nice in this format, but they don't hit a lot of fairways. They don't make a lot of birdies. They do okay on fantasy points. They're $7,800. So how do we have to we have to compare that against other guys in the $7,800 range? Well, McNeely and Bramlett, I think, are probably a little bit better. They make more birdies. They're, they're longer. They just do everything a lot better. Gim and Schwab, I think, are higher upside type golfers. Um, I mean, you could go to Scott Brown hasn't been great, but like Kisner and Brown, they've been a pretty formidable pair over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, Tringali and Clark for me are like my sixth favorite in this range. Uh, Not saying that you shouldn't play them. I just wouldn't. I'm pretty high up in my one and done. Does it make sense to burn Hovland or Horschel here? If not, who might be a good play in my position? So uh, one and done. 1,000% depends on the rules that you're in, right? So are you burning one golfer? Are you burning two golfers? Do you get access to both of the prize purses or both of the payouts or just one of them? The way that Sid laid this out makes it seem like he only has to burn one and he's probably only getting one of the payouts, 1.2 million. I find it a hair difficult to burn Victor here. You're going to like Victor, and he's going to be a top five favorite at a lot of other less random events. This is pretty random. Not only do you have to rely on your partner, but if you guys both make bird, if you each make nine birdies and you make them on the same holes, it's going to be a great round. But like, there's a lot of luck involved on kind of ham and egging it, right? You make a birdie here, I'll make a birdie on the next. You make it's just they're, they're not thinking like that, but there is a lot of luck involved. And I think you're going to get Victor, like if you took Victor's expected value, right? So say he wins, um, you know, this event 10% of the time, that's his expected value over time is going to be like $120,000. Well, if you put him in the, um, I don't know, PGA championship where first is probably 2.4 million and he wins that 8% of the time, his expected value is much higher. I don't know 8% of 2.4 million off the top of my head, but it, it's probably much higher than that. So I would probably prefer Victor in other spots. I would use Horschel here. Horschel cares more than most people. Him and Burns have won five times to get combined in the last 13 months. They were good last year. They're playing well now. I would burn Horschel. Good day, Rick. Good day, Ed. Which team under $6,500 would you be your favorite dart throw? And why is it Sung You'll Know and Michael Kim? All right. Um, I, I mean, there's not a ton of comments. So let me just let me just take the time to do this. Uh, let's let's deep dive Sung You'll Know and um, Michael Kim here. So here's Sung You'll Know. He's made three straight cuts. He's lost off the tee. Jeez, oh man. Every event dating back to the... Wow. Every event since the shutdown, every measured event he has played since the shutdown, he has lost strokes off the tee. It's actually kind of impressive. He's made seven of his last nine cuts. It's not bad. I was actually expecting much worse than that. Not a lot of ceiling from Sung Yil, no. Although I think he's played well in this event before. Let me just pull up his Zurich stuff. I'm pretty sure he's played well here. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. So he won this event. That's right. That's what I'm remembering. He won it in 2014, but that was not the team version of the event. So he won it in 2014. So he's got good stuff around TPC, Louisiana. Then let's just do Michael Kim real quick. I imagine it's a lot of similar. Okay, this is actually much better from Michael Kim. It's all Corn Ferry stuff, but T15, T30, T16, T28, T40, T39. It's not the worst in the world. If I was starting to look at guys under $6,500, would I prefer them or would I prefer 
Oh crap. It might actually be them. Um, 66. If you lumped that in, I guess I prefer Bremen Hubbard, but I'll tell you what, if you, if you cut me down at 65, it might be those two, believe it or not. There's only, um, I think there's like 35 teams that are below $7,000 and only six of them are gaining strokes combined. It's just so many teams are losing strokes to the field. Uh, just because we're 160 deep, this is an incredibly deep field. Horrible. Happy Wednesday, Rick. Can we please see some projections on where ownership is right now? Sure. So here's ownership. And I will admit, uh, this was probably one of the more difficult uh, things I've ever done. You know, trying to figure out ownership of a team event where we've only done it. This will be the fifth year. And we have guys who have played before, but some of them are playing with different partners. Then we have guys who haven't played before at all. There's just like a lot here. There's a lot. So here's the way that I have it shaking out right now. Uh, Morikawa, Victor, Xander, Cantlay, about 24, 25% owned. The pivot in the 10K range is either to Camp Smith or uh, the Horschel Burns group, which is about 17, 18%. Uh, number one golfer in the world, along with Ryan Palmer, I have it 12% right now, just because there's so many good options in the 9K range. The two guys at the top, everybody's going to want to eat up. I actually think the Scheffler Palmer group is going to end up being uh, a bit overlooked. Zalatoris and Riley are uh, the popular guys in the 8K range, along with Graham McDowell and Seamus Power. The interesting pivots there, Grayson Sig, Sepp Straka, the Englishman of Danny Willett and Terrell Hatton. Going down a little bit further, no surprise, Bramlett and McNeely are checking in at like 18%. So your pivots there are probably Gim and Schwab, Streb and Merritt, uh, even Stewart and Knox. I'm not like super... I don't hate that. Redmond and Ryder, who played well together uh, last year, 13% in the bottom of the 7K range. You could pivot to basically anybody. Brem and Hubbard, Wierenski and Uline, Long and Hogue, all catching a bit more ownership than the rest of their peers. So that's the way I have it shaking out. Take that for what it's worth, guys. I, I, I don't... It was. It's definitely one of the harder tasks to predict ownership for this event. So that's the way that I, I see it shaking out. Charlie says, Rick, Oh, that's interesting. I posted the golf balls each player uses in the Rick Run Good Slack as if there was another reason uh, to sign up for rickrungood.com and get access to the Slack channel. Charlie posted the golf balls. Thank you very much. Hey, Rick, how do you think Zalatoris and Riley's win equity compares to the odds I'm seeing 35 on my book? Well, they are uh, both seeking their first career victory, right? I think that uh, Riley has not, you know, you could argue that Riley's results the the runner-up finish in the playoff to sam burns that's starting to look a bit like the outlier uh he hasn't been great otherwise and zalatoris we know is awesome i i think it's fair so 35 to 1 kind of implying they're going to win it like three a little less than three percent of the time something like that um i think that's fine i i think they're i i worry about the putting of that team um I worry a little bit about the experience of that team. I think there's better options. What's up, Rick? Any concerns with Lowry cooling off? Some of his things last week were concerning, but obviously still had a great finish. Yeah, so I actually, I really like the Fleetwood, or excuse me, the uh, Lowry-Poulter team. But I do also see a path to this going kind of horribly wrong. So if you actually look at the last 24 rounds, that team combined strokes gained, they're number one, 1. 1.4 strokes gained per round. Now, Lowry's doing a lot of that work. He's gaining like 2.25 himself. Uh, but Poulter's still a very, very good player. That's what he's going to need to do, 
right? Poulter needs to putt well. If he doesn't, there's not a lot of contribution to the team that he's making based on his statistical profile. So there is a path that Lowry, who's played a lot of golf recently, just plays below what he's been up to for the last eight starts. And Poulter makes 80% of the putts that he normally does. And this team finishes T30, T29. Like that, there's a there's a real path to that. Um, on the plus side, if Shane Lowry continues to play as well as he has and Poulter putts well, there's a path to the top of the leaderboard as well. I just also see a similarly wide path to the middle of the board, which I don't necessarily see as wide of a path for Smith and Leishman or Scheffler and Cantlay, for example. I just think those teams are a bit more a bit more consistent. Here you go. Here's the uh, here's the inside information we need. Zalatoris was out pretty late at Harris last night. Good thing he's young and sh can shake it off quick. Let us know what games he was playing. Good afternoon, Rick. Hope all is well. Fellow Aust Austrian here. Almost said Australian. My apologies. Wondering your thoughts on Sepp and Sig. I know earlier in the week you like them, still feel the same. Yeah, ownership came out, and I still feel pretty good about it. I, I worry, um, you know, Sig has not been, been all that good, right? He, he just hasn't. He'll, he'll tell you that. He hasn't been good. The start of 2022 has not gone the way he wanted. However, I, I believe his pedigree um, is a little bit better than what we're seeing here in 2022, right? He won at the end of last season on the Corn Ferry. He won in May on the Corn Ferry. He had a lot of really good finishes. That's how he got his card, right? He won He won that Knoxville Open back-to-back -back years. Did he defend 21 and... 20 and 21, he did defend, didn't he? So why did I see that stat about Tyson Alexander being the first to defend a title on the Corn Ferry Tour? Oh, maybe it was for that specific event? Because it looks to me like Grayson Sig defended his title at the Visit Knoxville Open from 2020. Oh, I bet you, you know what? I bet you that was the same season. They extended that 2020 year. So it was like a 2020, 2021 season. I bet you that doesn't count as defending your title. I don't know. Somebody look into that for me, but that's that's bizarre. Um, it hasn't been as good for for Grayson Sig. I really like the way Straka sets up. Uh, Straka did not cool off after the win. He is long enough. It's not particularly long. Long enough. Uh, can make a lot of birdies. Look at the putter. The putter can get hot. Probably should have been in the playoff at the RBC Heritage. Kind of punted it, right? Bogey on 18 to miss that. Uh, I, I like this team a lot. I think I think a different format for Sig could be pretty helpful. <laughs> Oliver says, uh, representing your married patrons, Rick, I love the show with you and Armina. Thank you. Given the first-time winners this year, I'm thinking for a pivot and go with all young guns this week. What do you think? Yeah, so my wife and I, we did um, a tournament preview for this. Uh, it's on the, the podcasting feed. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, she was a great sport about it. She was very nervous. It was, it was quite enjoyable, and the sport's been great, so thank you. Um, I'll tell you what. Without pulling up like the, the winner's sheets and all that stuff, I, I do think experience playing together kind of matters a little bit, just a little bit, right? I mean, Smith and Leishman the internationals that um, always kind of get to play these formats together. They remember they were in a playoff with what Schwartzel and, and Louie last year, guys that also know each other's game very well, have played international formats quite a bit. Um, Xander Cantlay, obviously they're just better golfers, but they're going to be so comfortable with one another. It's, it's really, I think it's going to be really hard, especially in the alternate shot phase of this to not, wholly trust your partner and know their game. That's my opinion. So I'm not as 
as excited, Oliver. Joe says, love the show with Mina. Thank you. Who's your favorite team in the 8K range? Okay. 8K range. Let's sort this by salary. My personal favorite is probably... Um, so there's a couple that say... I think my personal favorite is, is McDowell and, and Power. They've both played well at this event with others. Now they're teaming up. McDowell's experience is great. Power is... Um, a lot older than you think he is, right? So he's not like a young guy. I think I think that's well suited for this event. Uh Sungjae and Benny on, if they can if Sungjae can putt, I think are quite dangerous. Ben's been great on the Corn Ferry. And then I would probably say I already talked about Straka and Sig. The other one that kind of stands out to me is um the Canadians, Svensson and Hadwin. Very comfortable pairing. Hadwin's been phenomenal in 2022. Um I I I like that team quite a bit. Uh, let me remind you here for just one second that this is indeed brought to you by Jock Market. It's stock market DFS. You can buy, sell, short shares of athletes. I will say there is not a market for golf this week because of the team event with the software, all that stuff. So there's not a market for golf this week, but NBA playoffs are in full swing. Obviously, NHL, Major League Baseball. So you could, in theory, go bid on shares right now, I'm sure, of Joel Embiid for tonight which I would encourage you to do and uh, see if he can go ham and see if he can improve his stock price. It's, it's really the only um, the only market in the world where the athlete that you choose just has to beat out the expectation because there are um, guaranteed payouts for all the finishing positions. So it's, it's really fascinating stuff. If you use the code Rick and go deposit, it's up to a $50 uh, deposit bonus there, which is always very helpful. And the jock market power hour will be back next week. DFS chef says, smash the like button, uh, which is also a good idea. In your preview video, you mentioned that Cantlay and Xander as a play you liked. And on the first cup pod, you showed them as a fade. Is this ownership related or based more on data stats? So uh, very candidly, like what we do, in my opinion, what we do on the first cup podcast is, is, is for entertainment purposes. Um, now you'll notice a lot of my stuff always aligns, right? When it's like pick to win or guys that I'm interested in it, it, 99.9% of the time aligns. It's the same thing. That's also going to be in golf digest. It's the same thing that's going to be everywhere. Right. I don't, I don't spread things out. Um, but the, the idea around that first cut cheat sheet is, I have to take a fade in the 10K range. Like I've got to make one. And that's the one. It's mostly just because I like the ownership better on Smith, Leishman, Horschel, Burns. And I like the upside more of Morikawa and Hovland. It is not that I don't like those guys. I think they have the highest floor of the 10K range. It's just when compared to the other 10K guys, if you say, Rick, I need a fade from the 10K range, that's the one I have to pick. Ownership and lower floor or lower ceiling. So I'm kind of tied to it. I would not, I would not put too much, too much stock into that. Thoughts on the upside of Smalley and Buckley as a team of youngsters that can surprise with a T10 finish a la Peter Uline and Richie Warinsky from last year. All right. Good question. Let's do uh, the golfer profiles here and we'll look through each one of these guys here, Ed. So it's Smalley and Buckley. Okay. So recent stuff, I'm showing uh, Alex Smalley right now. Three straight missed cuts, although he hasn't been that bad, especially in the ball striking categories. Had one really bad week at the Valspar. Otherwise, he's horrible around the green, but honestly, it's best ball. Who cares? Um, 
The putter comes and goes. How many birdies does he make? It's kind of what I care about. Not many. 146th in birdie or better percentage. And then uh, Hayden, again, show me birdies. 100 and what was it? 62nd, boy. So they're both outside. Yeah, I mean, this is tough. This is really tough. They just, neither of them putts all that well. They both hemorrhage around the green. They don't make enough birdies. That's, I, that does not scream recipe for success for me. If I have $7,300 left, who do you got? Well, I don't want to spend your money here, but I would probably go with either Damon and Jaeger or Higgs and Smotherman's kind of interesting, but probably Redmond and Ryder. Those would be the two. Happy Wednesday, Rick. Looking forward to a great show. Me as well. Thoughts on the Kisner pairing? This one, I think, is actually the hardest one to, to kind of look at because uh, Kisner, you very much know what you're getting, right? And and he's been great in kind of all the weird formats, and he's great with Scott Brown. The problem is Scott Brown's not been very good, right? Scott Brown's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he's bouncing back and forth, and it's not a lot of great success. It's a lot of missed cuts. It's a TA finish at the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic as his best finish since the 2021 John Deere. That was nine months ago. Uh, can he rally with his buddy kids? They play all the time together out of uh, what Palmetto, right? I, I don't know. I'm less optimistic about this team this year than I have been in the past, but I think they're a very hard team to handicap. Are you willing to even dip into the six K range? Very little. The only guys I would be interested in. We talked about Sung you'll know, um, along with Michael Kim, uh, if you were kind of super desperate, the only other ones I'd be remotely interested in are Bram and Hubbard and Long, Long and Hogue, Warinsky and Uline. That is basically it. I do not want to play anybody else. We get to see a little two-man scramble with the pros. I wish the coverage was as great as this format. Uh, I hate to be like that guy, David. It is not technically a scramble. It is a best ball. So uh, a scramble would be... Both golfers hit their own shot. They choose which one they want, and they both hit from there. And then they choose which one they want, and they both hit from there. It would create like 55s. They would go absolutely nuts with how low they would go. Best ball, uh, also known as uh, four ball, they are going to each play their own ball through the entirety of the hole, and then they are going to take the best score. So if Victor makes a birdie, Morikawa makes a par, that's a team score of a birdie. So. As much as I would love to see a scramble, I just didn't want you to get your hopes up when you tune in on Thursday morning and you realize that they're playing best ball, not a scramble. Hey, Rick, just to confirm, we're not burning both players in the Rick Rungood one-and-done league, right? Question mark. Thanks. Go Aussies. That is correct, Joe. Uh, you're burning one. So there is, uh, when you go to enter your pick, there's a little bar at the top that says, uh, click for more information for the Zurich Classic, and it lists out all the rules. You're only burning one this week. Do you have historical odds of winners on hand since it became a team event? Believe it or not, I think I do. Um, I have one place to check for this. If it's not here, then I don't have it handy, but I actually think I do have this. Here we go. I can't believe I was able to pull this up. Leishman and Cam Smith were 12 to 1. Palmer and Rom were 16 to 1. Horschel and Piercy were 40 to 1. Blixed and Smith were 100 to one. So 12, 16, 40, 100. You could argue that kind of 
12 to 40 range is where most of these are going to come from. That was a little bit of a, not a coming out party for Cam Smith, but he was clearly on a higher trajectory in 2017 than odds makers were giving him credit for. Um, so, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. Are you still on Lowry and Poulter? Yes, but I made a more nuanced take about it. Uh, just rewind like eight minutes. Hey, Rick, are you more or less willing to go with the chalk because it's a team event? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure I consider that. I would probably be... Oh, boy. Um, I'd probably be less inclined. I'd probably be less inclined. You know, it is it is a little bit random, but there are some kind of like... like I think Cam Smith, Mark Leishman is a super team. I think Billy Horschel, Sam Burns is a super team. There are some guys like I don't want to pass up on because uh, I think they're that good, but I think in general, I'd be less chalky. Love the added content with Armina this week. Wow. Uh, any tips or tricks to get my wife to like golf more if she finds it boring? Yes. Um, point out the attractive golfers. Start with Adam Scott. Go from there. Um, you could also uh, say, hey, I'm going to put golf on. Uh, you know what I love about golf? It's a great napping sport. She can just nap through it. She'll learn to love it. She'll put it on and just you know rock out. Um, otherwise she's got to find like a favorite player or something to be interested in. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Hey, Rick, love the content going to be my first live event. Uh, Zurich is about 15 minutes away from my house. Any advice? Uh, walk the course backwards. Hey, Rick, jump on the bandwagon this week. Seamus power. Let's go. Yeah, baby. Can we do a deep dive on Hostler Tagala versus Damon and Jaeger? Uh, yeah, we do a lot of the Hostler stuff and Sahith, honestly. Um, so what? Th those guys have a pretty good connection. It's a Pepperdine connection. It's a Southern California connection. Caddies are good friends as well. Uh, the Damon Jaeger stuff. Jaeger's not been good. Damon will keep you in play. I, I think I prefer Hostler and Tagala because what what we have at least seen from those two is the ability to pop. You know, Hostler at Pebble Beach, Tagala did it a couple of times. They haven't won, right? But they're popping. Uh, Damon pops a little bit. Jaeger has not not translated to the 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 PGA tour as much as uh of the success that he had on the corn ferry. Any life in the chapel Han pairing? Great question. I have no idea. Chapel Han. Let's find out. I can't imagine, but who am I? Uh, Chapel makes a decent number of birdies. 31% of the time, 74th on tour. I'll tell you what, Chapel's been better than I thought. Five out of seven cuts made. T18, his best finish during that result was his last start. That's not the worst profile I've ever seen. Decent number of birdies. Uh, James Hahn, man, has cost me so much money, James Hahn. 202nd and birdie or better more I don't I don't see this I don't see this that's 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 tough for me I do understand most of the other fades you listed in the first cup pop but why are Keegan and Steele Mitchell and Sneds uh you are team no putt you should love Keegan and Steele yeah it's almost too much team no putt for me right like this you you have to make a ton of birdies ton of birdies you have to make so many uh if they can't putt they're done I, I don't i don't see a scenario in which like i just think they make 
so many fewer birdies when they're playing together. Uh, Mitchell and Snedeker. I like Mitchell. Snedeker's been horrible. Hey, Rick, love all the content. Question, on the alternate shot format, once they're on the green, is it the same person putting? For example, Mito putts it to two feet. Is Mito putting that or would Neiman? Uh, Neiman would. It is It is strict alternate shot. If I hit a one-foot putt to one inch, my partner has to tap at it. That's it. Alternate shot, very strict. How do you feel about a sneaky Aaron Rye, David Lipsky team? Um, do we know how they got together? Well, I think Lipsky played a lot of the European tour, didn't he? So um, they probably got, they probably became buddies over there. They could also have the same agent. There's a lot of ways these guys get together. Rye is a good ball striker. Uh, Lipsky has not played as well as I would like, but I, I, I love the upside of Lipsky and Lipsky's a lot better than some of the other corn fairy guys. This is fine. I like this better than a lot of other teams. Uh, especially when you consider where they priced at, they've got to be like seven. Yeah. 7,400. Like I like them more than Glover and Reavy. I probably like them more than Neesmith and more. I like basically everybody more than Grace and Higo. So compared to who else is kind of around them, I think this is splendid. Chris just says, love the content, Rick. Thank you. Thoughts on Duncan and Shank? I don't think I have much thoughts on Duncan and Shank. Um, not sure I have a stance on that one. If you had to pick a walk-up for this event based on the course key stats, what would it be? Uh, is there a song that's like uh, birdies galore? Birdie, birdies baby? Birdies and bunches? Find me a song like that. Tweet, tweet, something, something. something. Find me that song. That's the one we want. Between the Smith team and the Scheffler team for one and done, who's the play? Um, if you can only burn Leishman, well, so you, so I'm, I'm hoping you can only burn either Leishman or Palmer. I think if you can do that, Leish, you, you burn Leishman. I, I, that's that's the way I feel. Mark says, hey, Rick, finally signed up for prize picks. Whoop, whoop. Excited to try it. Thanks for the promo money. Code Rick. For my one and done, would you go Lowry, Leishman, or Horschel? Uh, so I would not go Lowry because he's the better golfer on that team, right? Uh, Leishman or Horschel? Either one of those is fine. I, I would probably just use Leishman because I think that they've really got this figured out. When you look at the stats, and I think I, I sent this out in my um, newsletter. So if you subscribe to the Run Good Rundown, you get an email every single week with just a bunch of like, I don't know. Sometimes kind of silly stats that don't really matter, but like, okay. So ultimate team player. So Leishman's only played four rounds, gained two and a half strokes to the field. Cam Smith's played 12 rounds, 1.4 strokes gained to the field. They're the only two golfers on the same team. Or I guess between, besides Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer, but like, I, I just think they're kind of a cheat code. I think they're kind of a cheat code here. And yeah, Palmer and Scotty are going to play, uh, but this is the first time playing together. So I just, I just think it's probably, probably just burn Leishman. Hey, Rick, have you been watching the NBA playoffs? Have you been betting that as well? So, uh, yes, I do. I do watch the NBA playoffs. I bet, uh, props. So I, I go to price picks. I, you should use the code Rick. Um, I have something interesting that I don't know if I want to say or not on air. Cause I'm not sure if I should. So I made that video about having a big edge in prize picks. I've got something in the works that actually might be even a bigger edge and I'm still testing it out. Uh, 
if it is, if it does work, I'll share it. I, I won't be a jerk. If it does work, I'll share it. I'm not sure if it works yet, but yes, I've been betting the props. Any thoughts on Patrick Rogers, Brandon Wu? I believe Rogers decent off the tee. Yeah. And an above average putter. I don't know much about Wu. Okay. So let's just do this real quick. I'll just run through both these guys. So Patrick Rogers. How many birdies they make? That's really, and actually I could do this. I could do this here as well, right? So I could do teams, Patrick Rogers and Brandon Wu. They're here. They don't make a lot of birdies. They don't hit a lot of fairways. The good news is, okay, so here's the good news. I, I probably would not play this team, but if you want to, there is a little bit of good news. Their best skill set combined is approach and they're slightly above average putters. That is uh, a recipe for high risk, high reward. If both of those things get going, they can make a ton of birdies, but they could also be the worst. So I, I think that's a pretty um, volatile team that you have there. Do you value the talent of the better player or having a solid second player more when looking at outright bets? Solid second player. Because especially for two rounds, that person's going to have to hit half the shots. Uh, here's D-Rex with a super chat, which is uh, always appreciated, never required. Thank you. Uline and Warinsky, 6,900. Yep. I, I mean, I like them. I don't have any more thoughts than that. They played well together last year. I will tell you that if I was in a big single entry on DraftKings, they'd be in my lineup because they are. Hey, Rick, thanks for all your hard work. You helped me a lot this season. Thank you. Who's the best play in the mid $7,000 range, asks Philip. Well, Philip, let's find out. Oh, it's not a great range. Are we going? Am I willing to go up to 7,700? Because then it would be McNeely and Bramlett. But if I, if I can't do that, if I have to stay in the mid 7Ks, I don't mind these two. So Heath and Hostler or Ryan Lipsky. It's, a pro, it's, it's not a great range. I'll be honest with you. It's really not. That's where I would go. Thoughts on Norin and Norlander. Norlander has not been nearly as good. Uh, Norin, I don't think, can carry both of them. I'm like a four out of ten. Hey, Rick, do you think the McNeely team can finish in the top five? I don't necessarily know about that, but I think they can make a ton of birdies, right? They've got uh, like the seventh highest birdie rate of any combined team in this field over the last 20 round, 24 rounds. Here they are. So you can see they're right here. Ahead of Neiman Amito, ahead of Zalatoris and Riley, uh, they make a ton of birdies. So I don't know if they will give those back or not be able to play alternate shot as well. But I think they're going to be very good for fantasy purposes because they're going to make a ton of birdies. I have no idea if they're going to finish inside the top five. If Mina had an identical sister, I would be at your doorstep. You are a lucky man. Thanks. Does strokes gained mates count? Yes. Definitely. Uh, I've answered some of these, so I'm going to skip along. What does this say? Uh, no, just for... Could you tell the order of the matches? Who versus who? They're not matches. Timothy. They're playing, they're just playing golf. They're not playing against one another. They're playing with one, one another and looking at the board. There are no matches. Uh, you can look at the tea times on pgatour.com. 
Hey, Rick, can you walk through horse fields stats? Yeah, let's see what I have on him. Let's see what I have on old Sam. Not sure how much I have. Well, I should have quite a bit, I guess. Doesn't qualify for PGA Tour. All right, so here we go. Is it true that he hasn't played since the uh, Saudi when he withdrew? Is he injured? We might have to, someone might have to find out. I don't, I'm not sure. So I only have the last event that he played as of February 6th and he withdrew from it. Let me just, conf- let me just check that real quick on his OWGR. Had to have played after that, didn't he? No, he didn't. That was it. Okay. I don't know why. Sometimes when I see a big gap like that, I thought my data feed was screwed up or something, but that's, that's accurate. He was playing very well before that. Do we have any insight? Anybody? Let's find out what's going on with um, the Horsefield team. Tim and Matt Wallace. Let's see what Wallace has been up to then. Sam's been pretty good. Wallace, 195 in birdies, six straight cuts. Jeez, man. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter if Sam's hurt or not. Uh, I sent you a private message on Twitter the other day. Holy grail for strokes gain total at Zurich for 17, 18, 19 was missing. Has that been fixed? So, uh, I had an email from the PGA tour, like just from, so that's the way the data was coming in. Uh, so I had an email from them like an hour ago. I hadn't, I haven't read it yet and seen if they had fixed it, but I imagine, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll check better team for this event. Uh, Rick and Jeff or Pat Mayo and cost probably me and Jeff. Cause I think, I think, uh, I think we've got him on the handicaps on that side. It's a pretty good matchup though. Hey Rick in DFS, I have $9,700 left to finish my lineup. Who am I going with? Well, Dan, that's entirely up to you. It's your money. If you were asking me to log into your account and spend your money, I would spend my final $9,700 on, I would probably just plug Scotty and Palmer at that point, right? Like Palmer's been great at this event. Scotty's the number one player in the world. They have a great rapport. Uh, I, I think they're going to be lower owned than they should be. I probably wouldn't overthink it. I would just play Scotty and Palmer. The PGA should have a page listing each team and a little blurb on how and why they were teammates. I think if that was true, you would, uh, it would be a lot of, we have the same agent, which would probably be pretty boring. That, but that is generally, I think, the majority of these guys. Team Canada or Team Georgia Dogs? Oh, Anthony, thank you for clarifying which team of Georgia Bulldogs because there's a couple, right? Todd and Kirk. You're referencing Straka and Sig uh, or Svensson and Hadwin. That's actually really hard. I like, um, I like Straka and Sig, as I mentioned. Probably Hadwin and Svensson. Uh, I, I think they've both just been better. I mean, Sig's not been that good. Let's be real. He hasn't been that good. Hadwin's been awesome. Svensson has popped. I don't know how well they know each other if they've ever played together before. Um, they they went to, you know, international team dinner together the other night. I um I think it's the Canadians. I think it's the Canadians. This might be spam, but this just says, hi, how are you doing? Hi. Stanley and Vijegas Flyers, Bombers plus short game. All right. Uh, Stanley and Vijegas are objectively the worst team in this field. So 
it's it's or I'm sorry, I guess Watney and Hoffman are worse. Last 24 rounds, Stanley and Vijegas are losing a stroke per round. Only Hoffman and Watney are worse. So I, I don't know what you would see. And don't get me wrong, this is this is the weirdest of weird four bats for golf. These two might have an awesome week. I could not even remotely find a path to being like, yeah, I see something here outside of me just being like, I'm going to close my eyes, throw a dart and hope it works out. If you're willing to do that, they're a great team. If you're looking for a bread, bread trail, breadcrumb trail, crumb trail, whatever it's called for success, it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> can you do a deep dive on Haas and Haas? No. Hey, Rick, I'm in a pool where you can double up on teams if you choose. Would you take that route with the top guys if price wasn't a factor? You can double up on guys if you choose. So you can just use, like, you can use two guys from the same team and get both their results? Yeah, you should do that. And you should load up on, like, the, like, like the say, uh, Xander Cantlay, Smith, Leishman, Horschel Burns. All teams that have played together, uh, I think are going to find great success. I would load up on those guys. Ownership in the $7,000 range. Jeff looks like uh, this. McNeely and Bramlett carrying most of the weight. A little bit on Mitchell and Snedeker. A little bit on Ryder and uh, Redman. A little bit on Hoagie and Barjan. That's about it. That's about it. Everybody else is basically a pivot. Uh, hey, Rick, 176 people are watching, but only 40 likes. Any ideas why? Traitors. Treasonous traitors. Not hitting the like button, taking a half a second. Uh, I can't believe it. Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff, Rob. Do you have any exposure to the Hoagie Barjan group this week? I do not, uh, but I kind of wish I did but I do not. Hoagie has not been as good since the victory. Barjan, whatever. No, I haven't. I bet Hoffman and Watney to win it all at 175 to one. Tell me I'm crazy. Well, you're crazy and you got bad odds. Quite frankly, they should be like the worst. They should be like 500 to one. I wonder what Circa has them at. Let's play a game called does Circa have them at shorter or longer than 175? The answer has to be longer, right? They got to be like 250. Let's see if you need to find a new book. Wagering, golf, PGA Tour odds to win. Who am I looking for? Hoffman and Watney. In real time, looking through the book. Hoffman, Watney, 200 to 1. Not that bad. Uh, the Will and Hatton team's kind of interesting, right? So lots of international experience. Very comfy with the Englishman angle of this. So here is uh, Willett. Let's do Willett first. Got off to a hot start over at uh, the Masters. Obviously faded a little bit, but a, t a 12th place finish is still great. He's made a bunch of cuts in a row, right? One, two, three, four, five out of his last six. Missed the cut at the Valspar. A little bit reliant on the short game, but I'll tell you what. The ability to gain four with the putter or gain eight and a half in a putter with the putter in a format like this, not the worst thing, right? Just kind of get a little bit hot for your partner. And then Hatton's just much better. You know, Hatton has that approach putting thing going as well. Makes a ton of birdies ninth on tour. It's not bad. It's really not bad. 
did they they've played together before, right? Let's look up their Zurich history. T8 in 2021, and they were together in that, right? I can figure that out. Cheat sheet, go back to individual view, go down to Fleetwood. Or uh, I keep saying Fleetwood. Yeah, it's like I'm I subliminally obviously just want to play this guy. Uh, I'm looking for Hatton and I'm looking for here we go. Will it? Yes, they were together eighth last year. Uh, we haven't even talked about Tommy Fleetwood and Sergio Garcia, which I think is kind of a mistake. I think they're pretty darn good this week. I think they're pretty darn good. Finished runner up together two years ago. Maybe seeing signs of life from Tommy. Maybe we're seeing a quick turnaround from from Sergio. Think they're kind of a good play. Nobody's asked any questions about them. Just throwing it out there. Hey, Rick, love the show. Oh, it's Riku. Hey, buddy. Uh, great show over the weekend with Armina. Love your guys' dynamic. I don't really have a question for this weird tournament. Taking it light this week, my only bet is Team Chile. Let's go. I appreciate that. Uh, that would be Joaquin Neiman, Mito Pereira. Let's look at Mito real quick. We do a lot of Joaquin Neiman. We haven't done kind of full-on Mito in a while. He has gotten back to the the what I believe to be the, the, the DNA of Mito, which is this right here. Pure ball striking. Look at that. Look at that. He just got away from it for like these six events right there. This is so good. It's This is so pure. He's such a great ball striker. You throw him in with Neiman. Pretty special stuff. Doesn't make a lot of birdies, though. I wonder if that bothers me. Does it bother me, Rick? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I guess it should. But that's a very strong team. What's How many birdies does Neiman make? Yeah, a lot more. 28th on tour. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. like that. Thanks, Riku. So I get the feeling we shouldn't go below 7K. I can see why. Yeah, I'm with you now, Rick. You set me straight. Started my holiday a bit early today. Oops. That's okay. Thank you. Any love for the Stenson-Rose combo? Not really, man. I, I know they've got the experience, but they are just not nearly as good anymore. And that's okay. They're both 40-something, right? And uh, they've got Hall of Fame careers, and they're phenomenal. but. I think in 2022, I can find other paths. Who would you like this week on the course if it was the same field, but regular? Wow. Stroke play tournament. Um, okay. I'll, 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 I'll bite on this. So I believe that I would, uh, let me look at the individuals on this real quick. So here's, here's the cheat sheet in individual view. That's a good question. So I think, I think I'd like, um, I would still like Smith and Horschel, right? Because those guys have won this event. Well, Smith won it as a team. Horschel's won it as an individual. I think I'd like Bubba a lot more. I admittedly, and this, this could be the Jordan Spieth, fade Jordan Spieth conversation that comes back to bite me from last week. I'm not thrilled about this Bubba Varner team. Uh, one, I hate to say this Varner in contention is a, it's kind of a problem right? It's kind of a problem. I think playing with Bubba is hard to do. Plays a different style of golf, alternate shots a little bit different. I think he's hard to play with. Uh, Varner's played the team event like three times. He's missed the cut in all three of them. I'm not very excited about that team, but if it was Bubba by himself, I'd be a lot more excited because he's won this event before. Um, I, I could get, I could get behind that. Who else would I like? I'd probably like, it's weird. I had to turn my brain into a different um, I mean, if I'm using the same price and pricing Hatton would be way too underpriced, but I don't know if I'm using the same pricing. I would probably like Sung Jay more a little bit more. That's an interesting little question. You saying Varner's a choker. I mean, 
I think the results kind of speak for themselves. Here come and don't don't be the guy who comes in and says, but he won at Saudi. He tried to punt it away. He tried to give it away on 16 and 17, and then he made a 90-foot bomb, which he's never gonna do again. I'm happy for the guy. I like the guy. I want to see him win, but like there is a pretty overwhelming set of evidence that it, it is not good when he's on the back nine on Sunday and looks to the leaderboard. I'm just saying that's pretty pretty good bit of evidence there. I'm all over the Sergio pair for a top two, if not the win. What do you think? That's pretty specific outcome. Uh, I just, I just like the way they set up. I, I can't say they're going to finish second and not be like, yeah, well, they're going to finish third or fourth or whatever. I, I like them this week. I think they're a good. I think they're a good team. Reed just says Jason Day in all caps and question marks. How about Jason Day's partner, Jason Scrivener? I think his name is. A couple of Jasons. Do I have any stats on? I have to, right? Yeah. Scrivener, Scrivener. Apologies. I actually have a ton of numbers on him. I have 496 rounds on him. A couple of Aussies, I guess, is what it is. Oh, these are all Euro events. Okay. So here's his partner. T9, three starts ago. That's his best finish in a long time. T9 in, in Ireland in July. Plays almost exclusively on the European tour. Not a lot of great results to show for it. Losing strokes to the field more often than not. Wow, I have a ton of rounds on this guy. Let's see what Jason Day's been up to. Uh, makes a ton of birdies. I'll give him that. 22nd on tour and birdie or better. Three straight cuts in a row. Hasn't played well since basically two places that he's dominated at. Farmers and Pebble. Yeah, that's really tough to buy, right? Right? The only, the best two starts are two places he's been awesome at, and he's playing with a guy that is not even playing above average um, on the on the DP World Tour. That's that's a pretty tough sell, isn't it? And Jason in the chat is correct. The only good thing that they have going for them is that they have the best first name. I don't agree, Jason, but I'm sure you do. But I can agree that that's the best thing they have going for them. All right, like last call here. I'm like at the end of the comments. So either I can end it 10 minutes early or I'll wait like 30 seconds and uh, whatever you want. Throw it away. Fire away. Let's go. Rapid fire. Get your questions in. I don't care what it is. Let's go. We'll try to knock some out here and we'll get out of here. We'll all go to lunch. Uh, and while I'm waiting for the comments to come in, because you guys are probably on a delay, I hope you're all having a nice day. Sign up for prize picks. Sign up for Jock Market. The code in both places is Rick. Hope you enjoy this week. Let's see. Chalkiest way to start the uh, start a lineup. Okay. It would be. Whoops. Let me look at team view. My bad. Chalkiest way would be probably either Victor and Colin or Xander and Cantley. One of those two. And then Mito and Joaquin Neiman. That would be the chalkiest way to start. What's your betting card look like? Um, so I have not finalized it yet, but. I'll I'll bet on Victor and Colin, but I bet on Victor every single week. So don't don't take that for too much. I will probably uh, end up on um man. So I've I've got a lot of names written down that I just haven't like I don't know if they can win or not. That's kind of where I'm at. So I'll probably end up on Horschel and Burns, uh, Sergio Fleetwood, Power McDowell. And that might be it. I might keep it kind of tight towards the top. Oof. 
Um, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thoughts on Damon and Jaeger? Four out of ten. Chalk, you're okay with eating. Uh, Power and McDowell. See anything attractive in the top 20 market? Uh, I uh, The last time I checked, I believe Zalatoris and Riley were even money in the top 20 market, which is, that's that's too good. Who has the best stake in Vegas? I wouldn't know, but I think uh, STK is pretty good. I think that's at the Cosmo. They have a couple of them. There's, there's one in LA too, I think. Um, and what's his face over at the Venetian? What's that guy's name? Somebody will figure it out. It might be in the Palazzo. Thanks for all the content. Thank you. Ryder and Redmond, six and a half out of 10. Uh, Garnett and Stallings were your sleepers last year. Were the sleepers last year, right? 7,200 this time. Were they the sleepers last year? I don't remember that, Josh. I'll take your word for it. It's 4 b.m. here, so I'm going to head home and hope your lunch is great. Thanks. Uh, best under 7K, Uline and Warinsky. I ran with prize picks uh, with you and Andy, but the lines have shifted. How confident would you be with where the lines are now? I don't know what the lines are at the moment. They still had it moved for like 24 uh, hours after the show we did. So they, they held strong for a pretty long time at least. Best stake downtown is uh, at the D. Okay. How do you feel about Homa? Pretty good. Him and him and Gooch are besties. They should be fine. Thoughts on day pairing? Two out of 10. Can you believe they closed Lagasse Stadium? That place used to be my jam. Can you believe that? Outrageous. Outrageous. If you're going to be in Vegas, hit me up. I don't know why I say that because then people do it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You're going to murder me. But I, it always, I do meet up with new people. And it's It's been fun. Love it. here. All right. I think we're at the end. I think it's at the end. All right. Absolute pleasure, peeps. Thanks for tuning in. No jock market power hour tonight. So in, in, in return, uh, go play basketball. Go pet a dog. Go be nice to people. Go, uh, I don't know. Have a great night. I guess Armina run the run the credits.